We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of Pete's Pigskin Preview presented by Walk-On's Sports Bistro. I'm Neil McCready. That is Pete DeWeese, our MPW Digital Football expert. We had great numbers on last week's show, which was awesome because last week's show was awesome. Uh, we're back for another edition of the show, getting ready for uh, the game that I don't know whether everybody's been talking about it, but I feel like I've been talking about this damn thing for eight months. So it's going to get played on Saturday. And I think I'm going to mourn its passing when it's over. I have been talking about Kentucky and Ole Miss for a long time. I looked at the schedules and I said, they're both going to be undefeated. Everybody's like, oh, they're going to lose in Lexington. I mean, in, in Gainesville. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're going to win. And and they're undefeated. Ole Miss is undefeated. These two teams have won 15 of their last 18 games each. They are uh, two surging programs. This is going to be a fascinating game because, quite honestly, I don't know that anybody really knows how good or not good either one of these teams are. And uh, whoever wins it is waking up on Sunday with, legit talk ar around them so it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun we're going to get to it here in just a moment with pete first i do want to tell you that we're brought to you each and every week by walk-on sports bistro they put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of louisiana dig into their mouth-watering made from scratch louisiana cuisine po'boys gumbo voodoo shrimp fan favorites like uh, burgers fresh salads all in front of 70 plus tvs 40 plus ice cold beers on tap Check them out in Oxford or Ridgeland today. Also, don't forget, they can take care of all your tailgating needs. Inquire today about their family and friends bundles, their tailgate platters. Order online or at their convenient walk-ons app. So, uh, Pete, about to hop into it here quickly in a minute. Uh, what did you take away from uh, Ole Miss's 35-27 win over Tulsa? You're a coach. I mean, kids look ahead. That was a weird game. Kentucky kind of had a weird game with Northern Illinois later in the night. Um, on a just a weird, weird Saturday of college football. Yeah, you know, I, I think, I, I think offensively, Ole Miss has continued to show wrinkles in the run game, but they really haven't done much yet in the passing game. And you know, if there's concern from a fan standpoint, it, it's the question is, are they doing that to protect it because they want to save it? Are they doing it because they don't think they can right now? Um, so what I, do I you think, think? It, it's hard to say. Um, I, I will, you know, 
you read and you look at Kiffin's press conference and um, he, he is clearly seems to be pleased with the progress that, that darts made. And so maybe they're starting to get more comfortable there, but I, I, I really, I don't know. I mean, I think we're going to see more, um, but I think they've tried not to put too much on the kid um, at, at the same time. And so, you know, I, I think you'll continue to see development there. One of the things we talked about last week is is um, the numbers game and how I wondered and I questioned. I said, well, will Partridge invite Tulsa to run the football um, and take away the RPO stuff that they live so heavily in? And that's what Ole Miss did. They, they flat out said, come out in whatever formation you want to. We're going to give you a five-man box. We're going to funnel to the run, and we're going to make you hand it off. 30 or 40 times. And that's what Tulsa did. And, and, you know, the, the issue, I think early on that Ole Miss was getting what they expected, miss a few fits here and there and some plays are going to happen, but it's keep things in front of us. Don't let them go like the scoreboard up, like they've shown the ability to do. And then suddenly Tulsa said, okay, if this is what you're going to give us, then this is what we're going to do. And, and Ole Miss, whether it was, not trying to counter from a coaching standpoint and not trying to to really change and adjust or players not making the change and adjust. Um, I, I don't think they were pleased with that in that meeting room. Uh, and then once the quarterback goes down and you're looking at a different kid at quarterback, some of the, some of the play calling changes for Tulsa and you're looking at a little bit different style and some of the game plan, maybe some of the fits and the things, that you worked on, you weren't worried about quarterback run game when the starters in there for Tulsa. And then all of a sudden you had to be because they showed that they would run the kids. So there's a lot of things that go in there. You know, I I think. um, Not to interrupt you for a second, but you mentioned both quarterbacks and I have a take on this that is different than what everybody else has said, which makes me think that I'm wrong, but I'm going to run it by you. There's been so much discussion about the backup Braxton who was a really good athlete made some, he was kind of a one read. If it's not there, I'm running guy. Um, and they had a hard time bringing him down a couple of times. He was, had a lot of escapability and, and all of that. And he's just a good athlete. Kudos to him. I heard people, well, really concerned about the tackling. You know, what stuck out in my mind throughout was, I don't know, man, those couple, three drives that Bren had before he got hurt, they were moving. They were hitting receivers. There were guys open, and he was getting to them, and they were moving the ball in the air. And that kind of knowing what's coming with Will Levis, I thought that would bug me more than the other. But everybody tells me, no, 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 it's the it's the bad tackling and stuff. That's the problem. And I, so I don't know. I, I think it's a combination of both because Tulsa certainly found some ways to move the ball, and they found some creases in the zones for Ole Miss. And, um, and, and there were some – some open guys that they were able to find. And so you have to be concerned there. I I think fundamentally everybody's always going to be concerned about tackling because it doesn't matter how well you have them covered. If they can make the catch and you can't tackle, it doesn't matter, you know? Um, So the, 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 I I understand your concern and that's, that's something that I'm sure Ole Miss looks at and addresses. Um, But the flip side of it is it, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you don't tackle, you're not playing good defense. So, um, yeah, I, I think Ole Miss fans, we, we went through some years where the tackling was really poor. Yeah. I think people are just worried about seeing that come back <laughs> after we had seen it 
be so good the first couple of games. And, you know, I made the comment last week, you know, talking about Ole Miss's pass rush versus Tech and how many times that they were able to get home against a big mobile quarterback. And the same kids last week, it, it just looked different. They weren't finishing. They were they were reaching for guys instead of playing through guys. Um, and and so I, I I I'm curious to know, you know what what that looked like in the film room on on Monday. Um, but I, I can assure you the the amount of reaching that happened as opposed to finishing and in tackling definitely got addressed by the Ole Miss defensive staff. All right, the floor is yours as we get ahead. Uh, Ole Miss and Kentucky, it is uh, Saturday, 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern, the game on ESPN. Uh, the, the, as I mentioned, both teams undefeated. Kentucky 4-0, 1-0 in the league. Ole Miss 4-0 playing their SEC opener. So a huge game to kick off uh, a Saturday in the SEC. So uh, go ahead. It's all yours. So we're going we're gonna to go back uh, to go forward. We're going to um... – you know, look at a little bit of the Ole Miss offense from the Tulsa game, show you some of the things that that um, that Ole Miss used to, to kind of attack Tulsa. And we talked about we've seen a lot of variation in the run game. We haven't seen a ton in the passing game. Um, but there's a few things I think worth noting. One of the things that we talked about last week is um, I, I made the, the statement. I said, I think Dart wants to be involved early and involving him as a runner like they did on the Reed scheme the first play against Tech. Um, he can carry it on the first play, but he carried it, I think, on the second or third. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I think it kind of gets him going a little bit. So Ole Miss comes out in this game, and and they go right to uh, right to a read scheme. Again, giving him an opportunity to potentially carry the football. So what they do, and I'll just go ahead and go to the end zone copy here, is they put Heath – well, look at me messing it up – they put Malik Heath right next to Trigg and line him up like a wing just outside the tight end. So what Ole Miss is going to do is, is and this again, it's one of the schemes they used against Tech. They just window dressed it differently here. They're going to take the wing and the tight end, and they're going to arc those guys out for any force player. They're going to put the tailback on this wide stretch path, and up front they're going to block counter. Old school, Nebraska, Tom Osborne, counter. And what they're actually going to do, that's the way I have it drawn, they're going to go down here. They're going to pull the guard. The right guard is going to pull for the C-gap defender on the left. They're going to pull the tackle now up for the, the linebacker, the inside linebacker on the left. Dart is being given the ability to read the defensive end to his right. So as the back comes in front of him on the stretch path, he's going to read the end. If the end is upfield, he's going to pull it. He's the ball carrier. If the end is outside, or, or excuse me, if the end squeezes, if the end follows that tackle and plays down inside, he's going to hand it out to where Ole Miss now believes they're going to have numbers on the perimeter with the ball in their tailback's hand. So play one as Ole Miss runs this. Dart takes this shuffle step, and he's reading that end. Now, the interesting thing here, the play in theory should be designed to go off tackle to the left. But what's happened is the way the defense, the stunt that they have on, is they've actually slanted their entire line, defensive line, 
two old misses left, and the linebackers have seen the pulling offensive linemen and scraped the same direction. So this play actually should be going back off tackle to the left, but Dart ends up just sticking his foot in the ground, and you can see if you're watching this, I mean, there is literally a hole big enough to drive a truck through, and it, he just hits it straight downhill for a big game. So Ole Miss almost used the two pulling linemen as eye candy in a way. I mean, it's, it, in some ways, that's the way it played out on this play. Yeah. Um, we, one thing I can tell you about Tulsa from watching is they were extremely active defensively. From a, They came out and just said, we are going to be as aggressive as we possibly can, try to create as many negative plays as we can. And on plays like this, it cost them, right? I mean, this is, this is a, a first offensive play of the game that Ole Miss turns into like, I think, a 12-yard gain on play one. And it's and it's they run themselves out of position because of their aggression right here. And Dart makes the right read and he's able to take advantage of it. There are times where that aggression gives Ole Miss problems during the game. Um, and then there's times where, where Ole Miss obviously handles it well. So now Ole Miss is going to come out on the next play and they're going to do something interesting. And this is not something that they had shown in any of the previous games that I can recall. So to the field, to the right, of the, of the formation, and it's the wide side of the field, they get in what, what a lot of people will call a cluster set. So the three receivers that are out there are all close together. They're not bunched down close to the offensive line. They're flexed out closer to the numbers, but they're, they're relatively close together. And what they're going to do is they're going to block a screen, a bubble screen, to the inside receiver. If the quarterback has numbers, if he feels like he has an advantage over there from a number standpoint, he's going to pull up and he's going to throw that screen. If he does not feel like he has numbers, they are giving him the ability to run the ball with lead blockers the opposite direction. So if you were to draw a line right outside of the tackle box, Tulsa technically has four defenders over two blockers. And even though you could argue that the one safety that's eight, nine, ten yards off, and then the one linebacker that's just on the edge of the box, uh, probably wouldn't be in great position to make a play on that screen because they have taken, if you just, again, if you cut it in half, they now have committed one, two, three, four, five, six defenders to the right of the formation and only four defenders to the left. So, when we talk about the math problems and the math is going to work out Ole Miss's favor going to the left. So what they're going to do here is they're going to run. It's probably part of their zone game where they would just work outside zone. But what they do here with they get the three technique to the left is the left tackle is going to block down on the three technique. Broker at left guard is going to pull for the front side linebacker. The tailback is going to go block the overhang defender, anybody that shows up outside of the tackle. And now all the quarterback has to do once he's made his decision is pull and get between them. So again, Ole Miss is just finding ways to play the numbers game. You're going to commit all your guys to the right side where, you know, where the, where the bubble screen is. Then we're just going to take our quarterback and we're going to gain numbers by blocking with our running back instead of using him as a ball carrier. We're going to use him as a blocker, and we're just going to give it to our quarterback on an easy game. He gets a good block on the perimeter. 
um, from Evans at tailback. He gets another good block on the perimeter, uh, just enough out of Mingo right there, and it's able to now spring for a 25-yard gain. So we're two plays in now, and you're talking about 37 yards rushing for your starting quarterback um, you know, for Ole Miss. So now they're going to come out, and they're going to take the read out of it for him, probably try to let him catch his breath a little bit. So they're going to get in a little bit more traditional set. So you have a, a sniffer in the backfield on the left with the tailback right behind him. You have two receivers out to the right of the formation and then one receiver to the left. So what Ole Miss is going to do here, and, and it's it's kind of become popular as a tendency breaker in college football, is they're going to work their stretch or wide zone game to the right of the offense. And they're going to bring that tight end, in this case, Trigg. He is going to try to lead the tailback, and he is going to go insert on the on the play side linebacker. Now your, your center and your backside guard are going to try to reach the nose and work up for the backside linebacker. And your backside tackle is going to reach and cut off the backside defensive end. This is a play that it's kind of a high-yield, high-risk play for Ole Miss because if you get an aggressive blitz here, it can be very difficult to get to that linebacker, and it's a difficult cut for the running back. But, and it's something that I, I know that um, Siski mentioned on the podcast, I think on Friday, um, is Ole Miss is doing some things because of the ability of the running backs that it can be difficult but they trust these kids to be able to make those cuts and make see it happen and, and make the quick adjustment. So Ole Miss here, again, here's your stretch to the right. You can see as Trigg comes through, it puts the linebacker in a difficult position. If, if you're the play side linebacker, everything about it is flowing to your left. And so by instinct, you're thinking, do I need to scrape and get out as this ball tries to get to the perimeter? Well, if you do, what happens is, is Trig inserts, he, he ear holds you and, and just washes you out, and it creates a vertical seam now for the tailback. So here you can see as the play starts to develop, he starts to scrape because he's, got, he's thinking the ball's going outside. Trig comes through. There's the ear hole right there. And then the, the probably unsung hero of this play is actually the slot receiver right there. And I believe it's Watkins comes in and cracks the safety. And there's the and, hole. And, and there's the hole. And the the I was actually impressed with the nose from Tulsa. Um, I thought he was a, a pretty active player, did a real good job playing with his hands, and he's certainly a big kid. And you can see even here Ole Miss does a fine job on him, but he keeps stressing and stressing and stressing just enough that it allows other defenders to kind of fall back in. But you're talking again about a seven-yard gain now on first down. Ole Miss is still able to stay in their tempo. And now they're looking, um, you know, it it, 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 it it a solid game right there. So I'm skipping forward a couple of plays now to a scheme that, that Ole Miss, is, I've seen them run now really the past two games. And it, it's an interesting scheme, okay? Um, I'm going to go straight to the end zone copy. So a lot of teams will run different versions of, of what offenses call power. They'll run different versions of counter. Okay, One of the oldest schemes in, is 
trap. And teams have run trap forever. If you wing T teams, triple option teams, you name it. Um, and teams have also run what a lot of people call G or belly. So on trap, you typically are pulling a backside lineman and he is going to pull for the first defensive lineman past the note, past the uh, center. On G, you're typically going to block down on the front side and you're going to pull the front side lineman and he's going to kick the first thing outside of the tight end. What Ole Miss has done here is really kind of combined the two schemes. Okay. They're going to take Trig and the right tackle and they are going to work a double team to the front side backer, just like they would do in an old school wing TG scheme. But instead of pulling the front side guard, okay, they are going to use him to help build the wall with the nose and get to the wheel linebacker. When you give Ole Miss an outside shade on the backside tackle, the guard is going to pull. On this clip, what you see is that Tulsa has reduced their front. The D end is instead of being outside the tackle, is between the tackle and the guard. So Ole Miss is going to make a call where the guard is going to go out and now the tackle is being asked to pull and go make this block for the first thing outside the tight end. So you're asking a lot of an offensive tackle to pull flat down the line right there, right, and get get kick out. So because it's going to take time, the tailback is going to start to his left, and hopefully that freezes these backers just a little bit, and then he is going to tuck back behind the pulling offensive lineman to go get vertical. So it's impressive right here what the young tackle is able to do. Um, you know, on the right side, uh, Trig, they the right tackle does a really nice job right here. So the defensive end is lined up between the tight end and the tackle. So the, the 78, the right tackle, is going to take what a lot of people call a collect step. The worst thing that can happen to him is if his defensive end slants inside and he whiffs. So he can't afford to step at him. So if you watch his first step, he's going to pick his left foot up and he's going to put it right back down. And he's he's taking that so that if the DN slants, he can collect the trash and wash it down. If I step out and the DN slants, I'm dead. Okay. So right here, Trig is going to take his near foot and he's going to step right at the near hand of the defensive end. As he does it, the DN slants inside. So the collect step that 78 takes, where he takes his inside foot, gets it in the ground and protects his inside, now allows him to realize the slant's coming, and he's going to take his outside hand, and he is going to club and torque that end to wash him down inside. Right there, Trig helps him with it, gives him just enough hand help, and you can see the linebacker, gets held like I talked about a minute ago because even though the offense is pulling and trying to run to their right, because the tailback who is in the pistol directly behind the quarterback starts downhill to the left, it freezes the backer just enough, and it now allows the pull to happen and allows the back to get behind the puller. There's the kick out. And then in a perfect world, and this is for those that were watching the game live, you'll remember – this was the the first touchdown of the game. In a perfect world, you want him to stick his foot in the ground right there, right there and get vertical. 
right? And those are the cuts that they've kind of alluded to. He misses every now and again, but he's a kid that's got the ability. He instead gets to the sidelines and he's running horizontal with the line of scrimmage right now, but is fast enough to outrun the Tulsa safety and then gets enough of a late block from his receiver to just give him a chance to put his pads down and power through. But if you're Ole Miss, it's really impressive right here. It's good technique by the right tackle to work his collect step. It's a good job by Trigg staying square so that he can get up to that backer. He doesn't turn his shoulders to the last minute. It's a really nice pull. It's called the, the skip pull right here. If you watch the left I'm, tackle. I'm really, yeah, I was, I was getting ready to say, it's, you really see Williams' athleticism. You, you see the athleticism. Yeah. He's going to take his outside foot. He's going to basically push off his inside foot, and he's going to skip laterally and pull his outside foot behind his inside foot and then push back off now with that outside foot and get himself moving on his pull pass. So there's the skip. Now he is already shoulders turned. <clears throat> and then the one thing you'd like to see is him finish with his pads down. And if he does, then that's a highlight reel for him. So the the run blocking thing, and I've heard some people say this for him, is that he's just got to continue to get a little lower. It, it, even if you look at him in his stance right there, he's just notice his high. shoulder pads are six inches higher than everybody else's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a clip in this game from on the coach's film that Ole Miss is down in the end zone, and so the camera is almost on top of the offense. And, and it's coming from the defense's perspective, but he almost looks like he's standing up, right? So they are going to try and just continue to work on his ability to bend and getting him more comfortable in a stance. He'll probably at some point during the season start to shed a little bit of body weight, right? And he'll, he'll get better and better there. But an impressive scheme. It's one that Ole Miss goes back to several times throughout the game. And I'm going to show you a couple of different um, different variations of it, okay? All right. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the wall screen that Ole Miss likes to run where they go and they block and they put the tight end in the flat and it's 100% um they're trying to throw the ball in the open field when you're more likely to get zone defense you're not going to run it the same way so now Ole Miss is going to take the same scheme but they're going to actually attach a true run scheme here okay and this is an example of you know Ole Miss it, it, it looks awful the blocking is is they they literally whiff on everybody but it's an example of just sometimes there is no opportunity for the O-line to be extremely successful on this clip, okay? If you look at it, uh, Ole Miss is going to run their stretch to the right. And they're already slightly outnumbered that direction. Trigg is going to come back to the left and get to the flat, and the quarterback is going to read this defensive end. If that end chases the tailback, he pulls, it's an easy throw, it's an easy read on the perimeter, or for the quarterback to keep it. If he doesn't chase, if he steps upfield or steps out, then I'm going to hand that ball off. What Tulsa is going to do here is they are going to stunt their entire defensive line opposite of Trigg, which is going to force Dart to give the tailback, give the ball here. They're going to replace it with pressure, including a late pressure from a safety. And so when we talk about making the math right, the stunt is already going to make it difficult for the scheme that they're trying to run. But when you add players that are unaccounted for in the run scheme, it negates any, any possible mathematical advantage that you think you might have. 
So as the play starts and everybody stunts, you can see 73 here, Acker, he takes a, his steps aren't bad. Everything he's doing, but he gets what's known as a big stick from the defensive end. And so what that means is this end is going to slant and he is reading Acker's face as he does. If his hips turn and he goes towards the end, that end is going to keep going and he's going to end up in this gap, knowing that he has a linebacker that's going to fit for him there. If Acker steps to his left towards the nose, this end is now going to get upfield off of his hip and he's going to occupy B gap. And that now keeps his linebacker free to scrape either direction. So right here, when the right guard takes his step and the right tackle take their stretch steps, now you have the end slanting all the way inside. The way that you fix that as, as an offensive line, it's difficult because you never tell your center. You typically don't expect your center to have to reach a defensive end. Right here, the center and the left guard are working together. So as the play starts, you can see how he turns back for the backside backer. And because Acker has taken such a wide path and they have the perfect stunt call on, he's able to now come free uh, on the uh, on on the scheme right there. Okay. And Ole Miss is trying to pull a backside guard to try and gut and get to the backside backer right here, but he can't get there again because of the defensive lineman. As a result, the between the the tackle ends up having to block the safety when he's expecting to be able to get the linebacker. Acker gets stuck on the DN, and now you end up with the linebacker running free to make the play. So it's just a situation where it's easy to look at this and say, what are we doing up front? It's got to be coaching. It's got to be this. Sometimes it's just not going to go your way, um, and that's that's just the bottom line. Okay. So the play I showed you a minute ago, the, the first touchdown run that we got from Evans, I wanted to show it to you a couple different times. Okay. Uh, I'm get myself straight here. I showed it to you a couple different times. So when I showed it to you earlier, okay, we were double team here. We were double team here. He was out on the end. And again, Ole Miss is pulling the backside tackle. Okay. Exact same run scheme that Ole Miss hit uh, for, for a big play earlier. Okay. Now what happens right here, and this is where if you're Ole Miss, you really hope that you can, you know, Roll your top group out there um, on on Saturday, especially, you know, at center and in the middle. This is a tough front. And the reason defenses run this front, when you put a player head up of the nose, okay, and you don't have a true tight end, you have to make a decision about how you're going to combo and how you're going to block things anytime you're pulling an offensive lineman and running a gap scheme. If he is shaded, if that nose were to line up between the guard and center on either side, one person could block down and occupy that defender, and a stalemate is all you need. Because you play him head up, you make life difficult. If Ole Miss wanted to pull the guard, now the center would have to block back to the three technique. The right guard would have to block down to the nose, and now you do not have a player to account for the wheel linebacker. So the reason Ole Miss is making this call to pull the tackle and not pull the guard is because now they can, in theory, keep the combo on the nose and still match hats and get where they need to get 
from from a run game perspective. Okay. The problem is if you watch 73 here at right guard, you need him. He can't turn his shoulders completely to try to bury him. Because if he does, when this player scrapes over the top, he'll never get to it. Right. So what you try to do is you try to teach him as he comes down to collision this this nose and stay square. And the phrase that we use with our offensive linemen is your job is to clear the gap. Your job is to come down so physical and with such a presence with your inside hand that you're going to knock the nose back a gap and still be able to get vertical to get to the scraping lineman right here. But if you watch what happens on this play, he steps down, but he makes no influence on the nose. Yeah, doesn't move him at all. Doesn't move him at all. Now, part of that is the linebacker scrapes in a hurry and he's thinking, oh, crap, I got to go. Yeah. Right. The, the kid playing with tempo affects his ability. But watch who makes the play on this. That's a tough job on the center against a good player that's playing hands because oh, yeah. it's the nose who comes off, scrapes over the top. This is a play where Ole Miss gains two yards. If I pause it right now, if Ole Miss had been able to clear the gap with that nose, look at the crease now. Yeah, he's Watkins coming to block the safety. Oh, it's a touchdown if Watkins makes it, makes a block. But it, absolutely an explosive play. But this is where you got to give credit to Tulsa, right? Number nine, he just makes a hell of a play. It, it's it's where you got to give credit to Tulsa. It's also where if you're Ole Miss, you go back and you show the film. You say, guys, our Gallup technique on this combo has to be better. Yeah, right. So it it, it works both ways there. But, you know, it's just, again, should have been, could have been easily an absolutely explosive run for Ole Miss, and they're not quite able to to make it happen, okay? So um, moving on, showing you just a little bit later. All right, so this was a, a third and 11. Ole Miss is backed up right here. They get into an empty set, and, uh, you know, Dark starting to recognize some things pretty well. Every indicator on the field is showing him that this is man-to-man. So Ole Miss, what they're going to do is they're going to basically run a hitch with the outside receiver and the inside receiver to Dark's left. And there's three receivers to his left. So the outside guy runs a hitch, and the number three guy runs a hitch, and the number two guy is going to run this slot fade. He 100% makes the right decision right here. But again, we go back to getting your best guys on the field Watch the snap right here when this ball is snapped. Dart has to go get it from his shins. So it throws his, his footwork off just a little bit, okay? But he does a good job of getting back to platform. He knows he's about to take a shot right here. This is a this is a tough stunt to pick up with a five-man protection. Ole Miss actually handles it fairly well, and he's able to get this ball off, but – Look at his weight at the top of his drop. If you're watching this right now, if you're listening at home, what you would see is Dart's front shoulder is elevated slightly higher than his back shoulder. And if you're watching it, you can see that. You want guys to stay as on plane as possible and not tilt the, the, the back shoulder. You it, One thing that happens right here, and if we go to the end zone copy, you can watch his feet a little bit better. Because he has to kind of bend down for the low snap, it affects his feet. So he gets his feet planted 
but he doesn't have a great base. And so when he goes to set his feet to throw, his weight is slightly off. And that's why he has the arm to make this throw. And it is six inches, eight inches from being an absolutely flawless throw. But the ball is just a hair short and the DB is able to make a play. And it's as simple as low snap, not getting his hallway set the way he wants to and being slightly off tilt when he throws that football. All things considered, it's still it's a good throw. If the ball's one, you know, eight inches out in front, it's probably a catch, and Ole Miss is living to play play another play. Okay. So it's amazing how much uh last week around the country, especially in the SEC, snaps impacted games. It is it is true. It, it was the it is it, it impacted the uh the Missouri Auburn game frequently. Yep. I thought it was probably the second biggest play in the Arkansas Texas A and for sure. That snap completely changed the outcome of that game. I would love to tell you I knew why, and I, I have no clue. But but I've I've seen several people discussing it, and I I agree fully. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So, um, trying to move quick because I, I know I know that, that we're, we're you know kind of short gonna, on time. Hey, just this is going to be a little live production here, just so you know. Um, I've, I'm going to be talking. People are going to hear this on Thursday or hear this on Friday, see it on Thursday night. They're going to think, "What happened?" Uh, we might have to hit a pause button in a minute, and we'll come back. I'm 
a former Ole Miss linebacker, Jacquez Jones, is at Kentucky, really playing a big role on their defense. Yes. And I'm expecting a call from Jacquez in a minute. And they just moved that time up. If you've seen me like texting, I've been texting with the UK sports information people. Um, that's what that is. So we might hit the pause button for five minutes for me to talk to Jacquez Understood. and come back and finish what we're doing here. So it's it's <laughs> welcome to a little dose of my world. It's no big deal. It's all good. Go make it work. It's all gonna if you're a subscriber to rebelgrove.com. That's it's the stuff you get. You've got an idea what this schedule looks like for you. I know it's always busy. So I just wanted to show you it's the same the same play that we've been looking at where we've been seen Ole Miss pull the tackle. Okay, this is an adjustment by Ole Miss now. They don't have to pull the tackle anymore. That the defensive end is now outside and not inside. So here you're going to see Ole Miss now pull a guard instead of pulling that same tackle. Everything else about the scheme plays out the same, but because the front is different, and Ole Miss really does a great job. Now, this is a play where um, Ole Miss gains 15 yards on a pass interference. Dart gets one-on-one coverage on Malik Heath. He turns, takes the shot, and literally gets pulled down by his shoulder pads when he's in the air. But it's the right decision by Dart. There's nothing wrong with the ball. There's nothing wrong with the decision. But I I wanted to show you, one, the adjustment in the run scheme because Ole Miss handles it great. Now, because the front has changed, they can't double the nose. Again, that's the reason that you run this front. So now they are going to double this three technique back. That still puts Trigg in the same spot. But now, because the defensive end is wide, they're actually pulling the guard instead of the tackle. And this was a 15-yard gain earned on on the penalty. But look, Ole Miss handed this ball off. What potentially, if that back is hitting right here, which is where he would be aiming, you're again talking about another absolutely explosive run for for Ole Miss. And when you when you play in the RPO world, and that that's that's the style of play that you use, that's going to happen. Yeah, right. Uh, sure. It, it, it happens every Friday, every Sunday when I'm sitting there as a staff and we're watching our game. It's like O line guys go, man, if he just handed that ball off, and I'm like, yeah, but his read told him to throw it. So that's you yep. know that's that's that is what happened. Um, just a couple more clips from from this game, really, um, that that I wanted to show you. And some of it comes down to to Dart's recognition, right? And this is where I, I think he he is starting to to grow up and develop. Right here is pre snap. Right here, he sees Tulsa, who plays with a lot of three high structure, very similar to Ole Miss with three safeties on the field. They're starting to roll down now, and he he knows at this point that they're going to blitz him to the boundary, the right side of his formation right here. So Ole Miss is going to basically run a hitch or a stop route with the outside receiver on both sides, and then they're going to run some type of a seam or a seam read. They're they're calling this, if it stays too high, I would anticipate that one of these safety or these seam guys is going to bend his route and turn it into a dig or a post. But as soon as he starts to see the safety rotation here and he knows blitz is coming, he is expecting to get bail and expecting them to get to cover three. So there again, they're going to overload the pressure. They're going to bring more from that side than Ole Miss can protect. But Dart with you know good mechanics, great anticipation, is able to now get the ball out. If you're looking at a first and 15 after a penalty, and you know Tulsa's going for a kill shot, the ball's getting near the red zone. Dart sees the pressure. 
He knows from his film study what technique he's about to get from that corner. Yep. And he just pulls up and he bangs that stop route right as he's getting hit in the face. And it turns into a first down. For, you for know what? Two weeks ago, I think he would have been so laser focused on trig on that route that he doesn't even necessarily see the, the – this would have been a sack, maybe even a turnover, because I think he would have been so – Locked in on Trig on the little what do what do you call that it, it, little seam route? And here's the thing: Trig's open, and if he's not about to get hit in the mouth, he probably does hit Trig. But again, it's part of the maturation; it's part of the yeah. growth right here. They have the perfect blitz on for this protection, and it's Ole Miss is trying to sell their run game, and so they're pulling an offensive lineman right here, and you are deficient on the weak side of your protection. So Ole Miss is right. You know, they've got – they're pulling the the right guard. You basically have the tackle and the center and nobody else. They bring four defenders from that side. And so you're down. He's going to take a shot. He knows he's going to take a shot. But, again, it's the awareness and the recognition aside from the the, the ability that, that I think you have to be encouraged by. Um, and then, you know – I think we again we've talked so much about the wall screen a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about it last week. There were three different ways that Ole Miss window dressed that play in this game to put something else on film for somebody else to see. Uh, one that they did earlier was they they showed the run to the left, just like they've done. Uh, you know, if when they're running the screen, and typically you would have Mingo coming to block, and then you would have Trig running the screen behind him. Well, earlier in the game, they ran it, and instead of blocking, Mingo ran a route, and they covered the route, so he still ended up throwing to Trig. And here they're going to do the same thing, and it's more of a true bootleg now. They're going to come in, and they're going to sell that same crack, and they're going to they're not going to let defenses just fully attack this wall screen now. They're going to come in and sell that same motion, and then they're going to get him back to the corner and try to get him open on this bootleg. So there he goes. You see Mingo comes in. He is selling it like he's going to block right now. Dart is out of the mesh, and he's looking right now to try and get Mingo in the back of the end zone. The safety is disciplined and is able to stay and kind of take it. So he just takes his check down right here. Probably could have taken the check down earlier, yeah. get a little bit more out of the play. But it's it's we talk about They've shown a ton of wrinkles in the run game. They've been pretty simple in the passing game. We're starting to see them as a coaching staff do more and more to protect what they consider their their core stuff, the things they know they're going to want to rely on when games matter. They're starting to put things on film to protect those schemes. Yeah, watching and, this live, I remember thinking he was a beat slow getting it to Trig. Had he gotten it to him, he would have had an opportunity to turn up field and maybe he, make a he, play on the He gives it to him right now. For sure. And if they're running the wall screen, it, it's the ball's already out. But because it's a true bootleg, I mean, you can see here, you know, Malik Heath is coming from the backside trying to drag across the goal line. And if Dart has time, he actually comes open and, and would have been there for a touchdown. But they're a true bootleg right here, protecting one of their core plays and trying to give you something else to defend. Um. You know, kind of last one that I really want to show you as far as Ole Miss is concerned um, is is not the most impressive play by any means. But when when evaluators and coaches talk about arm talent, 
What Dart does on this play is extremely impressive. So Ole Miss is running the same stretch lead I showed you earlier. They're going to run stretch to the left, and they're going to bring the sniffer, the tight end, in front of the back to try and go block the play side linebacker. He is reading this backside, and he knows as a quarterback, whatever fade or hitch or whatever route he has as his RPO back there, he's got the ability to take it. So as they get into the mesh right here and he realizes it's blitz, that means there's no underneath help for his stop route. He goes to pull the ball to throw it, and he gets a defender in his face. Now, his body right now, his feet are set. He's in a good balance position. They would say his hallway is set. Everything's pointed towards where he wants to throw the ball. He is starting his motion, and there he gets a 6'3 defender jumping in his face. Watch him change his arm slot and become a shortstop, flipping it to second base for to turn two. Right now, he's ready to throw over the top, and he just changes and doesn't even reset his feet and is able to lace a ball outside the numbers to the sideline on the hitch route. He was a hell of a baseball there. player, and you see it there. You, they're a thousand percent. I mean, that when you talk about, you know, Lord knows Brett Favre's been in the news enough lately, but you talk about the things that he used to do, and you talk about Patrick Mahomes and the the arm slot and the way these guys are doing different off-platform throws. This is elite from that standpoint. Absolutely. And so, again, when you take what you see from an ability standpoint and his, his maturation and growth continues to happen, um, I, I think as an Ole Miss fan, you have to be excited. Yeah, I I think he's made real strides. Um, I, I think it's been it's been obvious, and I, I keep using the word nineteen because he's just nineteen. But um, I think Jackson's showing real progress. I, I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. He's already a, a good quarterback. I think he's going to get better and better. It's just going to be a matter of kind of how quickly he can come along and. And how Whether, quickly the guys around him can can continue to develop. And then, you know, as we start to switch to what Kentucky does, it's going to come down to whether Kentucky goes, hey, look, we're just not going to allow your running game to be what gets us. You're going to have to beat us in the air, and then whether he can handle that or not. And, and I, I think that has to be the thing. And I I, I don't know what to make of this Kentucky team. They're, they're kind of like the Ole Miss team. Um, and that that they have their strengths and they have their weaknesses. But, you know, you watch Kentucky in a style of play and you think that their run numbers have to be pretty decent. That They're 13th in the SEC in rush yards per game. The They've been bad up front. The stats that I've seen, that they're averaging 81 yards a game, you know, offensively. They've been sacked 16 times. Mm-hmm. By comparison, Ole Miss has been sacked twice. Um, you know, now they're fourth in the league in passing. You know, um, their best player is their quarterback, and they they know that. Um, I watched the Florida game, and that's where I what I have film of. And you watch them, and they make a very conscious effort to run the ball, and they do it successfully at times. Um, and I think some of that was about protecting him, trying to make sure they didn't put him in a lot of bad situations and trying not to lose the game offensively because I do think they felt good about their defense. Um, you know, that being said, though, it's not like their defense is absolutely lights out. Um, I think they're uh, 11th in the in the SEC in sacks. They're 8th in interceptions or 12th in fumble recoveries. Now, they haven't given up a ton of points, but outside of the Florida game, 
you, you question the the quality of the of the opponents that they've played. Um, but when you when when you're sh- when you're playing opponents that aren't great, and you're showing up near the bottom of some of those statistical rankings, it makes you wonder how how good is that unit now. Stoops does a great job defensively. They're typically a really good, really well coached defense, um, you know, and and they certainly have some good players on that side of the ball, and and they are they're, they're not going to their their game plan is going to be to not let Ole Miss beat them running the football, and they're going to try to probably force Ole Miss to throw the ball. Um, but I, I think if you're Ole Miss, it's it's going to be a balance of if Ole Miss plays with the game plan like they played in Tulsa. Kentucky is going to run the football and they are going to be successful. So Ole Miss is going to have to be a little bit more aggressive in how they fit the run. And probably what I, what I, in the Florida game, especially what I think that, that Levis and, and, and Kentucky do best offensively is their play action game. It's when they are able to set things up off the run. And that's a big reason why he is so highly thought of by NFL scouts is is he plays in what is the kind of in vogue nfl system right now you know the system he runs is not very different from what you might see in la what you might see in cleveland or in atlanta or tennessee um and and that's where a lot of that comes from is they know how he's been asked to operate um and nfl you know have always if nothing else they've been about tradition and who can operate kind of within our tradition so going to kind of move through some of these and just show you some different things and this is starting out the florida game and and not something you, you see a ton in college football but if you look at this before they motion to the right side of the center they are giving you one two three four five six gaps to contend with so you have to make a decision right now as a defense how do we want to try to handle that um and then they're going to now flip it and they're going to motion the widest of the three tight ends that are originally lined up to the right. They're going to motion him back to the weak side. And then they're going to do it a second time to now get him back to the strong side again. So, Hey, we're going to give you three tight ends to the right. Now we're going to motion one of them left. Now we're going to motion him back to the right again. And now we're going to toss the ball and try to get numbers and get out in front. Okay. Um, and, and so they like trying to work the ball outside. They like trying to force you to fit the perimeter. And if you're Ole Miss and you're doing it with a lot of defensive backs, I highly anticipate seeing versions of toss sweep and stretch uh, being a big part of it. It also is a major complement to the play-action game that Kentucky likes to use. So that's how they open the game against Florida. Next play, um, they come out, and so now it's it's uh, second and nine, okay? So now they're going to change personnel. They just went from having three tight ends in the field. Now they're going to give you four receivers on the field, okay? And they're going to give Levis a real simple RPO, the kind of thing you might see Ole Miss run. They're going to take the running back, and they're going to push him in motion before the snap out to the left of the offense where they already have three receivers. All three of those receivers are going to block first thing head up to inside for most dangerous and he has the ability to turn and throw that swing or run quarterback draw the opposite direction so florida here starting out it looks pre-snap like you're going to get an advantage if you're the offense 
as soon as the motion happens, you see Florida adjust. So Levis decides, I don't like my numbers. I don't like my matchups, whatever the case may be. So he goes to pull it down. Well, you see again here, and I do think Florida, you know, Florida is not the best football team in the country right now, but I do think they have talent on their front. I mean, you can look at that defensive front and they, they look, oh, they're, I mean, my they, God. They, they the well, and here's the thing, right? You watch, you know, Cox, number one for Florida, lined up on the right right here on number 77 for Kentucky. And watch what he does on this stunt right here. Knocks he 77 catches, on he literally butt. knocks 77 into the tackle. 77, the right tackle for Kentucky, pretty much gets the sack right here because he Cox is able to absolutely catch him off balance and annihilate him and get him back into the play. And then that's where you get another one of those defensive linemen that's helping control the pocket. Yeah, Levis had no chance there. No chance. And yeah. that's what Ole Miss is going to have to do to, to win this game is they're going to have to get them into passing situations and they're going to have to generate the pass rush that they generated against Georgia Tech. Skipping forward a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit, we talk about they like toss, they love their play-action game. Great example right here, and this is one of the reasons that, again, scouts like Levis. So they're going to give you two tight ends. Tight ends on the right with his hand down in the dirt. Tight end on the left is backed off the ball. There's two receivers also out to the left, kind of stacked up. They're going to take one of those receivers, and they're going to bring him in motion and they're going to fake jet sweep to that receiver. They're also going to show you a downhill power run action with the tailback. And all they are trying to do is manipulate eyes and safeties right here. Because as Levis comes off of this, he has really only been given one receiver in this concept. They're feeling so comfortable with how Florida is going to defend this. When he comes off of this right now, all he's got to do is find his tight end on the drag route. So you can see as you look at the end zone copy, here comes the jet motion. He's going to time it up where he can simulate the give to the jet. The receiver does a great job of rolling over the fake and dipping his shoulder pads. The O-line is laterally stepping pretty aggressive. There's a pulling offensive lineman to, again, invite defenders down and focused on the run. He's going to come off of the play fake. It's a great job right here of ball handling with Levis. And this, again, college quarterbacks are so used to playing in the gun. You start getting in a pro-style system, and this is a style they play. It takes time to get used to. So watching him show the ball on the fake, show the ball to the tailback now, get it back seated in your pocket, get your feet on platform, and make the make the throw across the middle right there, is it's not that it's that difficult that people can't do it. It's that most quarterbacks aren't trained to do it. Yeah. And you don't want to pay a kid several million dollars to bring them in and potentially be your franchise and have to teach them to do the things that are the most basic parts of your system. Just that play right there is one of the reasons that the NFL loves him so much. And, and it's the nuance of it, right? Yeah. It's not because it's a crazy throw. It's, it's the nuance of it. In fact, the throw's a little behind the, the receiver. I mean, but and, it just, but it just shows you his. He's just got a really good set of tools. That's he, what they that's what they love about him. He's got a really good feel. And I'm gonna show you a couple more. So, you know, here they are. So right here, they've shown the toss off of the motion. Well, now they're gonna boot off the same toss. I mean, quarterbacks have been doing this since the nineteen forties. 
He's going to show toss sweep to the offense's right. He's going to get his head back around, and he is going to make a really nice throw rolling to his left as a right-handed quarterback with a defender. And as you watch right here, what quarterback coaches talk about is you're a quarterback rolling to your left. You want to get, you want to do what's called, you want to close the front shoulder, right? I can't throw, if I try, if I, if he leaves his left shoulder pointed towards the sideline, it's all arm and it limits accuracy to try to throw that ball. But because he's able to close the shoulder and you can see his left shoulder is almost pointed down the hash right out in front of the receiver that he's throwing to, it now gives him the ability to torque his body and generate power from his hips and his torso, not just his arm. Now, is the ball up a little bit? Sure. But it's an extremely catchable ball. Yeah. Gets him an easy first down right here, and he does it with a guy in his face. You watch it from the end zone again. There's the motion. Boom. Show the ball. Patient with the eyes. Now snap the head around. The ball's protected with two hands. And then watch him close the shoulder. You can see at the last second, he just flips the shoulder, and that's all he needs right there to throw an accurate ball on the drag. Tough to defend that play. It, it, if you're dead set on focusing on stopping the run, yep. and, and it, it becomes, it can be very difficult. Okay. Now, um, so here's, here's another one. Um, again, it's two tight ends on the field. Tight ends are both backed off the ball a little bit. But they love using this motion to set up toss sweep and bootlegs. So you see here, they take one tight end. He starts motioning from the right side to the left. He turns around, goes back to the right, and now gets out in front and leads. And this is one that if you're Kentucky, you're watching it um, in film, you know, over the weekend. They're bringing the receiver down to crack the DN, and they're pulling big 77, the right tackle. If 77 can stick on the Mike linebacker for Florida, eight is about to go kick out number 16, and there is a place for Kentucky to go run that football. There is a scene for success. 77 misses, 51 scrapes over the top, and there's a reason he's going to play on Sundays. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, he, I mean, he plays that lateral and clean as could be, and that's the type of play that you're going to have to – you're going to have to see Ole Miss safeties – really come in and force the ball back inside, and you're going to need those inside linebackers and back safeties to do a great job of getting to the football and not overrunning the ball, which is some of what happened uh, on a couple of clips, I thought, last week. Okay, So they've shown you motion. Now they're going to show you here, they're going to give you three different motions as a defense. Okay, They start this play, they have a tight end and a wing on the right, two receivers to the left. They're going to take that wing and they're going to motion him to the left. Then they're going to take the slot receiver to the left, motion him back to the right. And then when he gets there, he's going to stick his foot in the ground and then he's going to go back for jet sweep. And that's one of the ways that they'll cheat and get themselves on the perimeter. Um, you know, again, part of it, I think, is because of the who Florida has on the interior. You saw a lot of edge run game. But that's that's also just part of who Kentucky is. I do think you'll see him be a little bit more downhill uh, against against Ole Miss. But you're going to see a ton of shifts, a ton of motions, a ton of trades to try and create numbers. Um, 
you know, Levis in the passing game, they do some some pretty simple good things for him, but he's he's pretty accurate. He understands where to go with the football. They're going to give him a third and five right here. They're going to give him a real easy concept to the boundary. Excuse me. To the boundary, the tight end to the left is going to run a dig route, and the tight end that's lined up as a, as a running back is going to come out of the backfield and what's probably an option route. He probably has the ability to go in or out, and on this clip, he goes out. To the right, where he has two receivers, they're going to give him a man-to-man concept. The outside receiver is going to stem inside like he's running a corner route, and he's going to stick his foot in the ground and come back down the same ladder to create separation if it's man. But his primary target, if it's man-to-man, is going to be the slot. The slot is going to start up. He's going to fake and sell an out route at five yards, stick his foot in the ground, and come back inside so that if he's getting a max pressure and a man-to-man coverage, you're going to isolate your slot receiver on that nickel or safety and you're going to get him on that little jerk route as he comes back underneath. He's able to identify the zone coverage right here, finds the easy read, nice easy throw, third and five, gain 10 yards, move the sticks. He does a nice job of recognizing that stuff, seeing where the ball needs to go, and he does a pretty good job of getting it out in rhythm. Now, you talk again, why do pros like him? This is one of the reasons, okay? You watch this from the end zone copy. He's under center. He's getting ready to make a cadence, and he stops. Signals to the right side, signals to the left side. What he's doing right here is he's changing the play. And if you're watching, you can see the two tight ends adjust themselves slightly. He is flipping the play the other direction. If I had to guess, they're wanting to run away from number one. Could be they're wanting to run away from number 51. I don't know. They're both players, yeah. They're both players. But he just checked the play. What Originally, before he snapped this ball, I would bet money that they were going to run power to the left. So they were going to ask 80 to block. Actually, they were probably going to ask 80 to block down on 51. They were going to double team right here, back to number six, double team here. They were going to motion him to block number one. That's not the matchup they want. They'd rather work the other side. Levis sees it. He checks the play, changes it to the other side, gets the motion, and now they get the power the other way. Now, again, 51's a really damn good football player and scrapes over the top and makes the play, but you don't get a lot of quarterbacks in the college game right now getting asked to flip and check run schemes the same way. So it's just another feather in the cap for Levis. Nothing he's done in this film has blown you away by any means at this point. But it's it's the nuance of what he does. It's how sound he is and what he does. That is what so many people, uh, what so many people see. Okay, um, again, they just do a lot of things with gaining hats. They show a bunch formation right here. They motion one of the tight ends across, and they're going to run a split zone that Ole Miss runs five, six, seven, eight times a game. But they're going to bring now, they're going to bring the motion tight end to account the overhang they're going to let 88 come across he's responsible for 52 right here and they are now able to account for every player in the box and the back knows he's expecting to cut this ball back it's probably even fully designed and called to cut it back 
especially when you look at the path that the running back takes right there. So they do a lot of good things by design to try and get extra hats to the point of attack. They don't do it the same way Ole Miss does. Ole Miss does it. They try to divide the field and divide the defense. They're going to read a guy and give the ball two ways to get on the perimeter, or they're going to read a guy that's for an RPO. Kentucky's handling it a much different way. It's just about manipulating the math and trying to get extra guys there to outflank you. So there's going to be a lot of – Ole Miss is going to have to be great in their fits defensively if they're going to keep the run game where it's been. Okay. Um, Right here, just a a, a real simple – just showing you the arm strength of Levis right here. Same concept that I showed you Ole Miss ran against Tulsa. Um, A lot of NFL teams call it shock, where you get a little stick route by the inside receiver. This guy's going to run a fade or a seam, depending on the coverage. And the outside guy is also running a hitch. We saw Ole Miss throw it, and Jackson Dart just barely missed on, on the seam ball. Well, here, Levis is able to recognize I've got soft coverage on the outside. He's not going to hesitate. He's going to get the ball out mm. right there. Again, you look at the some of the subtlety of it, okay? He sees it there. He knows what he's going to do. Watch his drop. Watch his eyes. He's not going to turn and go straight to that receiver. He's going to put his eyes on the inside receiver, and he's doing it to hold the safety that's suspected to get out underneath the flat. If you go back to the wide copy. Yeah, because if you telegraph that, that's if, a pick. If you turn and look, 27's getting out right now. Yep. But because you don't turn and look, 27 is going to kind of sink off and collision and not get himself straight to the flat. I'm going to hit the pause here. All right. So can you still see my screen, Neil? Yeah, we're good. Yep. Okay. So – um, you know, like I was saying, this it, it's a concept that, that you see a lot. You see you saw Ole Miss throw it last week against Tulsa. But it's just the nuance of not taking your eyes there right now because this is it's not a five-yard hit. So running it more like a an eight, ten-yard stop route. But doing a good job of just holding that, that safety with your eyes, making sure that he's collisioning, not getting out in front. And it doesn't have to be long. And then, again, it's just a nice throw to the outside. It's a long throw, longer than you realize for a, a relatively short completion. But on second and seven, they gain 16 yards now. Keep the sticks moving. That's the arm talent right there. It, it is. And I'm gonna I'm gonna show you one in a minute too that I, I that I really like. So <clears throat> we showed you a minute ago. Um, you know, I've shown you the different ways they like to use motion, how they've run jet sweep from under center, they've run the toss and they use motion to do different things. They're going to do the same thing here. And, again, it's just them creating more opportunities to give him some solid play action attempts. Uh, and they like doing it with these tight ends, right? Again, watch watch the, the cadence of his action here. Okay, He's going to time the snap when the receiver's still in front, and it's the receiver's job to sell the jet sweep right there. And the receiver does a good job. But Levis is going to turn his eyes in his head and he's going to put them on, you know, or toward, towards his running back. So everything about his body posture right now is a right-handed quarterback, his right shoulders in front, but he's kept a nice balanced stance. And what he's probably trying to see 
is this corner or this space. And I say, you know, I, I don't can't confirm which one, but sure. if this corner is playing man to man and we can outrun him, that's where they probably want that ball to go. If something happens where this safety rolls down into the space, it takes away the drag concept that they're going to work. But because nothing shows up in that space, Levis knows the pull, the action by the O-line and the running back. Here come the aggressive Florida linebackers that are such good players. He is going to be able to take this drag route right behind those guys for another easy throw and catch. Okay. But again, it, it's the mechanics oh, yeah, of is. what yeah. he does. Yep. And look at it again. And so, but what he was able to do with all of the his his the way he positioned all that is he was able to freeze those linebackers and then they slide right behind. The the combination of the protection where we're pulling where Kentucky's pulling the offensive line, the action in the backfield. But so you can see from this the end zone copy. His eyes are looking for anything that's going to jump out underneath that drag or show him if it's man-to-man on the perimeter. His feet are in the ground. Cleats are in the ground. He's got a decent base about him. What that's going to allow him to do is he comes out of this fake. He's going to now push off of his front foot and get back to another balance set. And he's now, got a really easy little throw right an there. An yeah. easy little throw. And he actually makes a back foot throw right here. And this is, again, it's not a long throw. But watch, he gets tall right here. You see how his body comes up and the arm slot is real high? Yeah. This high release, it's similar to throwing like a screen. Not only do you create height on the ball so it doesn't get back down, but it actually tempos a little bit of pace off the ball so that it, it's it's not a 90-mile-per-hour fastball. It's like throwing the changeup. So if you're a quarterback and you're throwing a shallow route or a short drag route, the high release point, takes a little bit of pace off the ball, makes it an easier catch. It doesn't – because it, it's, it can be difficult on the receiver as he gets his head around now and that ball's coming out of those massive bodies. You want the high release point, but you can see he catches it right in stride. It's a very catchable ball right in stride, turns it up, 22-yard gain. So they've kind of found a little groove here on this drive, mixing in his ability to put the ball out on the perimeter – as well as put the ball uh, in into guys' hands off the of play action. Okay, this is one that I watched that I thought was impressive, and I wanted to make sure to show it. And I'm I'm going to go ahead here, really just skip to the end zone copy. It, it's a short throw, and I I think the kid might even drop it. The way he handles pressure right here. Okay, so Levis drops back, eyes are to his right. Florida comes with, and you and I, you asked the question a couple weeks ago, why is it getting harder and harder to protect the quarterback? And I I talked about simulated pressures. And if you look at this, you have five defenders at the line of scrimmage, including Cox, who is three yards outside the tackle in an absolutely difficult pass rush mode that's hard for that tackle. He's got a really vertical set to get there. So what Florida is going to do right here is they're actually going to work a, a stunt on this this sim pressure. They are going to take 51. He's going to jab and then bail out into coverage. And everybody else is going to work to their left, and they are going to bring number one from that wide position. He's going to sell his move upfield, 
and then he's going to come around and try to replace here. The running back, if the running back is responsible in protection, he is not going to be responsible for this defensive end. If anything, he's going to be responsible for 52 or 51. So as the play develops right here, as the tackle has to take 94, the running back right now is thinking, oh, I can probably start to get out. One shows up late. Mm. He kind of does a good job of kind of seeing it. But you can see how much movement and chaos there is happening, and you see the athleticism by one. Had the running back gotten out in the flat, it's 100% a sack. But him staying in actually kind of bails him. But so Levis feels it. He starts to feel it right here. Watch. Protect the football. Eyes stay downfield, but he's got two hands on the ball. As soon as he presses, he's, again, eyes are still downfield. Okay, he takes one hand off the ball, so he's only got one hand. He's scanning backside. He's looking for anything he can. But you can see once he decides to go, he's got enough athleticism to get away from one of the premier defenders in college football. Yeah. You know, gets himself out there, spins out of a sack, and then still has enough strength to underhand flip the ball to his running back for what should have been a catch. Like, I, I, I watched it about five times because there's part of you that goes, why did number one jump? If one doesn't jump, it's a sack. But the bottom line is the concern when you talk about this type of quarterback is, is he mobile enough to play in the modern game? He shows you right here the wherewithal, the athleticism. You know, do, do I am I saying that he's a sure-round, first-round draft pick? No. But he's got – He's here's what he's got, though. And, and, and this is – I've talked to some NFL people. I know some friends that are scouts. I know some friends that work for teams. And the comparison that they give a little, and you just saw it right there, they're like, know what I'm saying when I say this. He's got some Mahomes in him. He does. They're not saying he's Mahomes. Nope. <laughs> because there's no way to predict somebody being Patrick Mahomes. But he's got some Mahomes in him. He he can – and you just did a great job sort of showing his – display of talent he can do the conventional stuff and then he can get off platform he can go unconventional he can make plays he's athletic he's not stiff he's very charismatic kids love him on his team i mean he's you can see why the nfl's intrigued by him and that's the word yes that 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 is the word um you know he he has a lot of a lot of things in his favor does that mean he rolls into Oxford Saturday and walks out with the win? No. You know, I, I we talked about it a little bit before we started. I don't fully know what Ole Miss is yet. They, they don't either. They, they have an idea of what they think they can be. That's right. right. I, That's I, right. I, same thing about Kentucky. Uh, they're a good football team, uh, but they're not they, – they don't run the ball well enough, and they don't – you know, they, they can do some good things defensively, but they're not great on defense, right? So in in less if they're pretty good up pretty good up front like Jacquez Jones which I just talked to a few minutes ago is a a solid linebacker makes plays but he's not the greatest athlete in the world Uh, got some dudes in the secondary that are that are solid players but they're not they're not world beaters back there you can you can beat them Uh, offensively the receivers are really good Uh, they've just had a hard time up front protecting you saw it in some of that video seventy sevens had his hands full. 
And um, he's, you know, you that's one of the things for Ole Miss this week that I think Pete they're they're interested to see is can they finally get an impactful game off the edges, not just hurrying a quarterback, but getting to a quarterback, hitting a quarterback. Um, they they need to see that, and then they've got to be a little more sound than they were last week against the run because. You and you nailed it last week. You absolutely telegraphed what Tulsa was going to do. Um, you said, "Hey, look! If if you give them five in the box, they're gonna they're gonna take it," and they did. And they had some success, a lot of success running the football, two hundred and sixty some odd yards or something. Success running the football. So, man, this is a. I've been. I mean, I'm. I've been psyched up about this game for a long time. I'm, I'm more psyched up about it now because I don't know. No. You know, it's not like. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, of a good example. Um, like last week, Florida, Tennessee, I just felt like Tennessee was going to score a lot of points, and they did. Like this week, I just don't think Arkansas can hang with Alabama. I just think there's too much. Georgia's going to whip Missouri. There's just too much. Here? There's, there's games you go into feeling like you're the better team. There's games you go into knowing it's going to be an uphill battle. And then there's games like this one where – you're worried about what could happen, but at the same time, you, you're not necessarily worried that it will. Um, so, yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's, I, I think we talked about this a minute ago. I, I think Kentucky wants to make this the Jackson Dart game, and there's a chance that that bites them because mm-hmm. Jackson, as you showed a minute ago, is making plays. But if you're Kentucky, I think you have to say, hey, look, what we, what we're not willing to do if we can prevent it is we're not willing to let them run for 350 yards and beat us on the ground. Yeah, and and you know, and part of that, quite honestly, too, is is how healthy is the Ole Miss backfield? Because um, there's only so. If you're stuck with two and four, and they're the only two back there you really trust, you can only put it in their hands so many times. Yeah. Um. You know. So so that that there's a lot of little things that that'll play into the way that this game unfolds. I do think this will be the game. Uh, Ole Miss has tried to take shots. It's not that they haven't tried to do it this year. Um, but I, I think that you'll start to see some of those things really play themselves out this week. I do too. Should be a lot of fun. Um, again, we're brought to you each and every week by Walk-On's Sports Bistro. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Check them out today in Oxford coming up for the weekend in oxford and if you're not if you're in the jackson area go to Reg, uh, the one in ridgeland and uh, make sure you tell them how much you appreciate them sponsoring this show and also a lot of our mpw digital programming we'll be back next week we'll uh, look back at ole miss and kentucky look ahead to the rebels first sec road trip of the season they head to nashville and they um, face the uh, incredibly handsome clark lee and the uh, vanderbilt <laughs> Commodores, look, I like his hairstyle. Okay, leave me alone. Um, it's Clark Lee and Vanderbilt, much improved Vanderbilt team. They took one on the chin against Alabama, but they're better. And so we'll talk about the Commodores and the Rebels next week on Pete's Pigskin Preview. Pete, appreciate the time as always. Thank you for Pete Deweese. I'm Neil McCready. You guys have a safe uh, weekend. Look forward to talking to you next week. Until then, take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.